you know, I just like to think of them as um, kind of a garden. And so they all have this seed of potential that they come to the earth with. And they just need a little nurturing. They need the right conditions. They need sunlight and watering and, you know, the life skills, the leadership, all the different things that go into making that those right conditions so that they can grow, they can flourish, they can become, you know, the beautiful flowers they were created to be. Um, and so that's what I see my life's work doing, just being able to empower people and pour into them so that they can reach their full potential. What's up, listeners? My name is Ken Weatherford. Welcome to Laugh at the Darkness, a podcast full of stories of goodness, light, laughter, and love, brought to you by beerandhymns.com. Each month, we'll highlight the work of a different charity, try out a new drink, and hear some stories of people doing cool things that make the world a little bit better. So I invite you to kick back and relax with your favorite beverage, or simply go for a walk as we laugh at the darkness together. This month, we're talking with the Executive Director of Teen Action Support Center, Coletta Patterson. Welcome to the podcast, Coletta. Thanks for having me. Wow. Excited to be here. It's so good to be with you. Um, we're you know, just excited. This is our, our second podcast, second episode. Uh, excited to, to hear uh, about the Teen Action Support Center. Uh, but before we go into that, tell us about yourself. Where, where are you from? Uh, what, what led you to this point? It's a great question. So I grew up in Northwest Arkansas from seventh grade on. My dad took a job at the university, so we moved from Memphis to um, Northwest Arkansas. And at the time, okay, we were okay. Wait, wait, wait. Let's stop there. You're from Memphis originally, then? From Memphis originally. Hey, yes. all right. <laughs> uh, same here. This is okay. a good thing. I'm oh, excited cool. about that. Yep, so. right down the road. Yeah. And so, of course, he comes to us and says, "We're moving to Fayetteville, Arkansas." And we're like, "We've never heard of Fayetteville, Arkansas. We've barely yeah. heard of Arkansas." <laughs> so where is this place that we're going? And so, um, and the rest is history. But we moved here in the early '90s, so we've. Seen Seen lots of growth and changes throughout all those years, but um, went to Springdale High School as a product of the Springdale Schools, and um, went to college at Tougaloo College in Jackson, Mississippi, a small HBCU. I met my husband there. We got married and moved back to Arkansas, and um, did um, some nonprofit work and worked on staff at a couple of churches. And then um, my husband felt the tug to do ministry in his hometown, so we went to Kosciuszko, Mississippi, small rural community, um, home place of um, or birthplace of Oprah Winfrey. It's really all that's there and all that's uh, that what it's known for. I feel like that's still pretty significant. I <laughs> it's gotta pretty, say, Come yeah, on, pretty yeah. significant. <laughs> Um, but he um, had the tug to just go back and really um, put a mentorship program there. And so we started the Exodus Project. And then we also started a church, Kingdom Life Church. And so we ran both of those um, nonprofits kind of alongside each other. But mm. we're able to travel with kids all across the world and just, um, well, not the world, but the country. We took them to D.C. and New York and L.A. and Dallas and so Birmingham. Through the work, or, or these are just you were able to travel through the Exodus this? Project. So um, through our cool team mentoring, that? yeah. So yeah. they would raise the money, and then we would just try to put out feelers and connections and get funding that we could. And um, but we felt like if they could be exposed to something different and see somewhere different from um, where they were, then they would aspire to get out of the community and and go to college and mm. you know do tap into you know their interests and do something bigger than maybe what they were currently doing so it was very successful we have um, chefs and teachers and we have a PhD student and engineering mm -hmm. and 
these are kids from a town of 7,000 who, you know, pretty much all you do is you can become a teacher or work at the Tyson chicken plant. You know, there just aren't a lot of options. Right. And so just being able to show them something different was just, um, it was so rewarding and fulfilling. And we still hear from them today. I was going to say, no, no, y'all aren't there anymore, obviously, but does that mm-hmm. work continue on today? Um, it did for a while. When we first moved back, we would go back and still try to um, have the meetings with the kids, talk to the parents, keep in touch with them. And now it's pretty much through social media. We keep in touch and see how they're doing. And some of them will reach out and talk to us from time to time. But we weren't able to keep it going. Um, right. We just felt like we empowered them enough as we could and hoped that that was enough to you know keep it going. By then, we started having kids, and they were getting a little bit older, and we didn't necessarily want to raise them in a small rural community. We wanted them to have greater exposure to what we have here in Northwest Arkansas. So we ended up moving back, and in the course of that time, my father also passed away, so we wanted to be Mm. closer to my mom and family. Mm. So we moved back here in 2015. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, like time like goes fast. That's, fine. That's when my wife and I moved here was in 2015. <laughs> okay, yeah. Not back here. This is our first time. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 2015, um, looking for a job. And so most of my work had been, you know, in ministry or nonprofit work and ended up at Life Source of Northwest Arkansas, which is based out of Fayetteville. And they really work with families um, who are food insecure, providing um, a food pantry. And they have some after school programming for the kids. Um, so I did development work there, just um, doing the events and raising funding for the budget there. I did that for about four years and then was kind of ready for a change and I thought I wanted to switch to corporate America. So I did a five-month stint in corporate America, did some marketing work and just decided, <laughs> nah, this just isn't nonprofit. I love that it was just five months. <laughs> yeah, it was just five months and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back to nonprofit. So um, I, I talked to, my, my wife and I talk all the time. She she is a, uh, a graphic designer uh, and um, uh working on brand storytelling and and Mm -hmm. just uh, social change and social design and all these wonderful things. But, you know, it's contract work and it's Mm -hmm. hard. And, you know, every other week she's definitely looking at at opportunities. But every time she does, she's like, no, no, I don't don't, don't want to do the corporate thing. I'm like, please, babe, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, say where you are. So I tried that, went back to nonprofit, and then um, at that time heard there was a job at Teen Action and Support Center for executive director, and I read the job description, and I was like, wow, this is exactly what I want to do, what I want to get back to, working with teens. I'm passionate about teens. I've done a lot of work with youth development over the years, and so this was an opportunity to get back to doing that. The rest is history, as they say. So I've been with TASC since um, March 2020, started a week before COVID hit. My goodness. And so it has been quite the journey over the last year and a half. Yeah. Tell us about that then. Like, I mean, starting the week before the pandemic, I, you know, for me, I can recall where we were at that time with beer and hymns. We, we managed to do one event in person, March 8th. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the next week, um, you know, basically the world began shutting down. And and so by Mm -hmm. Sunday, the 15th, we had said, no, we're going to move this online. Um, we still had the band all over, uh, mm-hmm. and, and now, now I kind of look back and go, maybe we shouldn't have even done that. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. numbers were okay at that stage. Mm-hmm. But, so yeah, how, how has, has Teen Action Support Center worked through the pandemic? We have um, thankfully been able to do still the same work that we do with teens, and our mission is to empower teens um, to be their best selves. And so we do in-person work is most of our work. We do art and culture projects, we do counseling, we do community service projects, and so we had to quickly transition and figure out how can we still make this work um, in kind of a virtual platform. So we started doing a lot of 
Zoom meetings, um, art pickup projects where they could come and just pick up a packet of supplies. We would kind of walk them through how to do the project, try to get them together on Zoom and talk about how the project felt, what they learned from it, what they gained. So we did a number of those things. We would um, choose a podcast and kind of dissect it and let them get their thoughts and feelings out there. But it's kind of different when you're in a room full of teens that you may not know and then you're in a Zoom platform and you're still trying to talk and <laughs> have these deep conversations, but your technology is there and it's just kind of weird. So we did the best we could um, transition as well as we could. We still had teens coming into the space for counseling. Um, if they felt mm-hmm. comfortable with that, they were still able to come and see our counseling staff. But we also started offering telehealth. So we that know, if they, good, yeah. yeah, so if they didn't feel comfortable and didn't want to, we certainly could still see them and meet them. And we still continue to offer telehealth and are looking to expand that. So we had to quickly make some decisions just you know how do we shift and pivot and not lose teens because it was such a crucial moment for them as well a lot of times we think about it through the lens of an adult and you know changing the work environment and now we're going to work remote and you know getting our kids to school and all the different things but teens were facing so many challenges as well having to shift to um, virtual programming I mean virtual school at home and not having the support systems that they needed they weren't able to go to the school counselor or the school social worker and ask for school supplies or ask for, you know, they if they needed clothes, they didn't have those connections because mm. they were um, away from school. Um, they didn't get the free and reduced lunch. And so it was just all kinds of things that were compounding um, issues for them that in So we wanted to make sure that we were there where they could process those things and those feelings with us. And even just, you know, simple things, well, it's not really simple, but, you know, if, if you're in a traumatic environment at home mm-hmm. and then now you're stuck and forced to be in that environment 24-7 because you can't go to school and you can't get out and go do things. So um, there were lots of challenges that teens were facing, and we realized that at task we were going to have to do something to meet those needs. Yeah, I found, uh, I mean, for myself even, I'm not a teen by any stretch of the imagination anymore, but... Um, you know, I, I started teletherapy, um, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, during during the pandemic. And, I mean, it's literally been life-saving, I have mm-hmm. to say. And uh, and so it's exciting to know that y'all are able to offer that, too, mm-hmm. and that you still are. Because, you know, what, our numbers right now in our <laughs> community are, are, are through the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so it, it, it still remains a, a vitally important uh, piece to be able to offer. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Uh, and for us, it helps too with just transportation barriers. If students aren't able to drive and their parents are at work and can't get them to a counseling appointment, they can still log on and do um, telehealth. So it's been good just for that as well, too. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tell us a bit more uh, about those services. I mean, you just rattled off at least five or six right there. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm just so curious, and especially as, as our listeners are, are thinking about giving mm-hmm. uh, during the month of September, 100% of donations that come in through beerandhymns.com uh, or, for, or through our Venmo at Beer and Hymns Charity, 100% of those go to benefit Teen Action Support Center. So, t- so tell us where that money is going to support. Yeah, so our five main arms are um, the Restore Program, which is our counseling arm. So we offer a variety of um, therapeutic services. And that's led by licensed professional counselors as well as interns who are um, who our licensed professional counselors oversee. Um, but they, like I said, they do telehealth. They also do in-person. They meet with the parents as well as the teens and do um, one-on-one sessions. We also have some group therapeutic sessions that are... Um, um, girls circle which is you know primarily just um, girls that will come together and they will work through a curriculum of spending nine weeks together where they um, 
are working through how to process their feelings and coping skills, life skills, things like that. And then we also have our in-service department, which is basically community service projects. So we offer community service opportunities for teens who are either they're mandated through the court and we have a close relationship with the courts where they can come and they can get their hours through us. They can also just come to us because they want to get hours for Honor Society or Beta Club, you know, school hours. They need hours for church or for the mission trip or whatever. Um, and we provide projects in Washington and Benton County throughout the week. Some of those are at our sites, actual hands-on projects, and some of them are out in the community, gardening projects or different things. Another arm we offer is our arts and cultural department. And so we have a large grant that supports our art projects and our work there. So, again, we do um, weekly art projects or they can come in and learn about screen printing. They can learn, you know, um, kind of music business and, like, the recording studio. Um, and then we also have... I'm, I'm genuinely jealous. By the way. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I wish somebody was offering that kind of uh, opportunity when I, in the 90s when I oh, was growing up. Oh, I know, I know like, yeah. It's so <laughs> to awesome. To have had a studio to go into and, and learn recently from. We've, and, yeah, yeah, and we've had some kids um, that, like 7th and 8th graders, who want to take voice lessons. So of course, we don't have any staff that teach that, but we're trying to connect them with someone in the community to come in, maybe volunteer their time to teach voice lessons or guitar lessons or percussion because we've got all the equipment and resources there. Um, another arm that we offer is um, our First Steps program, which I kind of briefly alluded to, but this is our program for teen parents. So mm -hmm. whether they're pregnant or parenting, we have physical resources for them, whether it's diapers, wipes, formula, um, baby clothes, and we have actually a resource closet at our um, Rogers facility near the Center for Nonprofits that they can walk through and shop and take whatever they need. Mm -hmm. But alongside that, we provide the case management, the support that they need to make you know good decisions, to graduate on time, set goals. Where, where does the majority of that funding for, for for TASC come from? Where, where is it? Are we talking individual donors? We're talking grants? Uh, All of that. So I would say um, a big part of our giving comes from grants, which is really mm. good because you can, you know exactly what you're going to get that year. Um, and we've been really blessed to have some really big foundation funders. But at the same time, that grant funding can end with the you know, with any year and yeah, they can close a grant. We've heard that so many times in this community. <laughs> and I then feel you're like, kind yeah, of like, yeah. oh, what do we do now? So we really are putting in um, a lot of effort into building our sustainability partners, which is mm -hmm. our program that builds up monthly givers. So you can give any amount, five to $5,000, but we know that we can count on your gift each month for at least a year. So it helps us plan and budget because we know we have this certain amount coming in each month. So we're really doing a push for that. Actually, third quarter, and um, right now our sustainability partners push in that will also kind of wrap into our In This Together event in October, a push for sustainability partners. But most of our funding, um, like I said, is from grants, but we're trying to work up more individuals, more business sponsorships for events, um, or just to come in and sponsor a program. This summer, we started um, a new program mm. called, um, we did a summer camp and a summer thrive experience. And so um, students were able to come three days a week and do an art project, take a field trip, um, learn, um, go to Climb Bentonville, learn about resilience, oh, you fun. know, yeah, and yeah. Um, just different things to yeah. get them out of their normal environment and to expose them to something they may not normally have the opportunity to do. We provided transportation, everything was free to them, but it was only possible because we had businesses that sponsored the event that paid the cost for each teen to go through these experiences and to go through camp. So we're hoping to build up on those relationships and have um, community support to come in and make those happen. Welcome to the podcast, August Martin, one of the partners over at CFO Network. Uh, CFO has been uh, working and supporting Beer and Hymns uh, basically since y'all got a foothold in northwest Arkansas back in 2018. 
but our relationship goes back even further than that. So uh, it, it's just so good to have you on the podcast, man. Uh, I'm excited to be here, Ken. Thanks for doing this with me. I'm, uh, I've never been on a podcast, so uh, excited for the opportunity. Well, thanks for letting me invite <laughs> myself into your home in order to do this. <laughs> and I felt like you would probably have a better acoustic, though, than, than my kids screaming in the background. So. As long as the dogs don't bark, and thanks for bringing the drinks. Yeah, what, what are you <laughs> drinking on? Uh, I've got a gin and tonic, good, gin and tonic, very refreshing nice. summer drink. Indeed, always you can't yeah. beat them. That's uh, it's my wife's favorite drink, yeah. that's for sure, which you probably already knew. But uh, I'm drinking a vodka and tonic. Jen, uh, Jen and I got in a fight back in college, and and we just don't go there anymore. So, um, but uh, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. That's for sure. Um, CFO Network, tell us about who y'all are, what you do. Um, what does CFO Network even stand for? I, 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 this is new information for me. So let's. Ah, it's, like, it's a great question. So CFO Network, it's actually an acronym. Uh, stands for Corporate Financial Outsourcing. Uh, not Chief Financial Officer, right? <laughs> but uh, basically, we do um, everything from your day-to-day bookkeeping to higher-level accounting up to including... A chief, like a fractional chief financial officer role. Oh, you did say it though, then. <laughs> <laughs> for for uh, small to mid-sized businesses, nonprofits, yeah. um, basically we fill a, a gap that's that exists in a lot of organizations. You know, usually um, you know an entrepreneur or the, the the head of a nonprofit. They're really good at something. They're very passionate about something. It's probably not accounting and finance. So that's where we step in and provide them with the experts in each of those different areas. I, I, I feel a little too seen there, August. <laughs> no, no, it's that was a very general statement. That's. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, 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 when when uh, we when y'all came on board in 2018, you just have no idea how how much that just was a uh, a, a sigh of relief for me. Um, when I look at a spreadsheet, it, <laughs> I get heart palpitations. I feel like you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we, you know, a lot of people in in your position or businesses, you know, they may, if they don't have that background, they they kind of manage by their bank account. They're like, oh, there's money in the bank. I'm good, but but with a little bit of knowledge and digging a little deeper to what's going on in the financials, you can really make a difference between doing okay and and doing great. So that's part of the impact we want to try to help. Well, and it's an impact that y'all certainly have helped with. Uh, you've given so much advice and uh, and oversight over the past few years, and I mean, in just the short time of 2018 and 2019, we we won't talk about 2020 because 2020, well, everybody experienced 2020. Um, but from 2018 to 2019, we tripled our our giving in that time frame, and I know that CFO was certainly a part in in that equation, and we're just so grateful for for that because. You know, we've given away uh, over a hundred thousand dollars, essentially, in, in small grants to uh, nonprofits here in Northwest Arkansas and beyond. And uh, you know, we we have such wonderful partners uh, like you guys that that enable that to happen. And and that's one of the neatest things I think about Beer and Hams and why we really value our partnership with the Beer and Hams is because not only are we helping out the organization itself, but the the nature of your nonprofit is that you impact so many different organizations that impact people's lives directly, especially here in Northwest Arkansas, that we can kind of indirectly be supporting, you know, each of those, you know, mm-hmm. great causes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so here, here. And hey, if you're looking to uh, get behind an awesome organization, we're looking for more sponsors. So <laughs> <laughs> you can hear how much CFO loves being a part with us. Uh, we could use your, your support too. What, what uh, you know, you, CFO Network got its start back in 2006. You came on board with CFO Network around 2018, helping to kind of plant an arm up here in northwest Arkansas. But uh, you know, it's, that's a long history. To, you know, what what is the breadth, though? I mean, you keep talking about Arkansas. I feel like it's more than just that, though. Uh, it certainly is, yeah. Um, and you're right. When I joined uh, the company in, in 2018, um, it was specifically to grow out kind of the Northwest Arkansas network up here. But throughout is we, we have clients coast to coast. Um, you know, one thing I think everyone's kind of learned over the past year is that you can do a lot of things remotely, and accounting and finance is certainly one of those. Um, while we like face-to-face contact where it's possible, of course, um, yeah. you know, yeah. you can certainly give financial guidance over Zoom or yeah. um, you know Teams or any of those formats. So, um, what we do, I would say, probably the bulk of our clients are in Arkansas, either Central Arkansas or Northwest Arkansas, but um, it, it isn't limited by any means geographically. And, and what are, I mean, y- y'all work with all different kinds of organizations, companies, you know, but what, just so we got an idea, like, you know, how, how big can we go? How small do we go? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know how small you go. You work with me. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great question, too. And that's one of the things that I like most about um, CFO Network is I get to work with such a broad spectrum of, of clients, um, nonprofit, for-profit, uh, on the for-profit side, anywhere from a startup, um, you know, who's looking to figure out how they're going to raise capital to get to their next level, or, you know, it could be an established construction company who just wants to make sure that they're you know, managing their margins correctly, um, you know, and really across pretty much every industry imaginable, um, you know, we have, we've got doctor's offices, construction companies, uh, clothing manufacturers, um, you know, a lot of service industries, a lot of nonprofits, especially here in in, uh, northwest Arkansas. Well, that's good to hear. We we are uh, heavily saturated with nonprofits here, Uh, most per capita of any place in America. Um, That would explain it. Yeah, we, we, we can use your help for sure. When someone thinks that, you know, they may need some help in finance or accounting, the first thing we do is, you know, we'll sit down with them, listen to them, learn about their their business, their their nonprofit, you know, whatever the organization is, kind of hear what their pain points are, what their mm-hmm. goals are. And then, um, you know, if we can help them with a long-term relationship, we'll certainly do that. But in that introductory meeting, you know, oftentimes we can give them some nuggets of advice that can be helpful just in that you know, that one meeting. Well, and I can certainly attest to that too, because you've done that. You, you, you did that for us early on. You've done that for others that I know, uh, some that I know very well. <laughs> uh, you, you've done that with my wife uh, and Kind Creative Company, one of our other sponsors. Um, uh, and, and it's, that goes a long way, I think, in, in establishing trust and just kind of letting people know what kind of company you guys are. Uh, and uh, we we're so grateful for all you've done and for for all the books that you 
help keep straight for me because uh, when it comes down to tax season every year, I, I you know I I, I I start having panic attacks. But I send I send the paperwork over uh, that y'all have provided, and my accountant just goes, ah, oh, this is perfect. I don't have any questions. Done. Uh, and it's just an easy process. So we we're really grateful for all you do. What's your favorite beer and what's your favorite thing about beer and hymns? How about that? Ah. Uh, because you've been question. coming a long time, yeah. Like let's let, let in fact let me tell it. Let me tell that as as a story here. So like Argus got involved in 2018 with CFO Network with us, but Argus we we got going with this in 2016, around the time uh, that you moved up here, or shortly uh, you moved up here. I think shortly after that. Yeah, that's um, correct. But it was just you, and and that was. <laughs> And that was one thing that was really neat. Yeah, I, I moved out here from Virginia. I came out before my wife did because my, my youngest daughter was still wrapping up high school. So I was on my own for a while, knew nobody except a few people ran to a church. But beer and hymns sounded kind of cool. So I, um, I attended my first one. It was really small. It's nothing at all like, yeah. like we have now. <laughs> but But of the, you know, maybe eight to ten people who were there, Six or seven of those are probably amongst my closest friends now. So it was really a neat How way cool for me to that? plug yeah. in to to the community and you know people who who I like to be around. Well, I just I just remember back to those times and going, well, who's who's this single guy? <laughs> he says he's married, uh, but <laughs> where is she? What, do you, what I don't know. <laughs> but he, you were at every beer and hymns, and uh, and we're just such a. Uh, you know, you 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 would be there uh, at the beginning. You would help carry things out at the end, and, and it's it beer and hymns has been something that the relationship for us with you goes back predates CFO. Uh, but we're so grateful that that it it led into that. Yeah, and I guess to answer your first question fully, the the thing I like the most about oh yeah work with beer and hymns <laughs> that question yeah. probably is <laughs> the people who are there. Um, because, and I know it's part of, you know, your mission and your intent to bring people together, yeah. but there's such a wide range of people there, but everyone's having a great time and you can sit down and have a conversation with someone you've never met before and, and just really have a, an enjoyable time and, you know, learn, maybe learn something in the process. I hope that's what it's all about big time. Well, we can't thank y'all enough for, for all you do, for all the support you give. Uh, and thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks again for having me Cheers. in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what do we need to cover? What am I missing, Gloria? Lots of notes for me. Oh, dear Lord. Um, oh, those are good questions. Thank you. Yes, all right. Um, for those that are listening along, I've, I, I am so grateful to Gloria and, and all that she does uh, to keep me uh, moving forward in this endeavor. Um, so she's uh, she just handed me this massive list of extra questions, and um, yeah, and I hope that makes it in actually. <laughs> uh, this task just a Northwest Arkansas-based thing, or y'all located in any other places or other arms or, or relationships, even let's say uh, in other parts of the country or state. 
It is based in Northwest Arkansas right now. Um, we do have hopes. Don and Greg Sprague are our founders, and Don has um, big dreams of hoping that we can grow and expand, maybe not physically to other states, but just providing more resources um, mm. in journals and podcasting and all those things that can go beyond Northwest Arkansas. So we're really hoping to get to that point where we can produce more community resources, not just for this area, but all across Arkansas and, and yeah. maybe even the world. Yeah. That's wonderful to hear. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about, yeah, like the idea of podcasting, providing other resources, books, whatever that might be. That's And resources, too, yeah. for um, parents. I didn't mention that, but that's an area we do um, a Let's Talk parent workshop. Um, it's usually a series of three, and so we do those several times a year, and Don usually leads those our, um, with our those counseling department. parents of the teens. That for parents working, of right? the teens, right. and just talking about communication and brain development in teens and how to work with teens and all of that. So we're hoping to make those Right now, that primarily the parents that we serve are the ones that come to us through the court system, but we want to start making those open to the community at large and offering additional um, workshops as well. So, so, so do that. So, how, how? I mean, obviously, you're getting a lot of uh, contacts through the court system, um, but but how else do you get in contact with teens? How, how do mm -hmm. teens find out about you? How do they get involved uh, uh, and benefit from your mm -hmm. from your? We services? get lots of referrals from the schools, and so we have good relationships with the school counselors, school social workers, the principals, and so they will send students our way. We um, were able to participate in a couple of open houses this going into this school year, and so we're hoping nice. to see a lot more kids come because now they know where we are. Yeah. We're um, within walking distance of the Arkansas Arts Academy and Haas Hall and Rogers, and so they were excited to hear that there's a place that their teens can come while they're waiting on their parents to get off work and come pick them up, a safe place where they can start on homework or they can just hang out, do an art project. Um, and so we're, um, we get lots of referrals from the schools as well as the courts, and then um, a few from churches, um, mm. things like that. Very cool, very cool. You know, I, I'm intrigued. You, you have... You, you said you worked with uh, teens throughout much of your uh, adult life mm -hmm. uh, through various organizations, ministries, churches, things of that nature. What, what is pulling at your heart uh, that makes that a passion for you? What, what is, has informed, uh, informed that in you? That's a great question. I was thinking the other day, wow, most of my work has been with teens. And I started with teens before I had teens. And now yeah. I have teens. And so it's, you know, that kind of full circle thing. But it's very interesting work. I think teens are just fun individuals to be around. I think a lot of times they're misunderstood or undervalued. And so I think if we can shift the narrative, which is one of the things we try to do at TASC, um, Teen Action Support Center, is just shift the narrative of, of who teens are, what they can be, what they can accomplish with a little bit of guidance, a little bit of um, structure if needed. It, just that mentorship and encouragement goes a long way. So I like to think of it and I'll often use this analogy of that of a garden. And mm. so you have a seed and that seed has all the potential in it it needs to grow and to become, you know, this beautiful fruit, flower, vegetable, whatever. But, you know, when you plant that tomato seed in the ground, it's going to take some nurturing and it takes some sunlight. It takes the right conditions. It takes the watering. It takes all of that on a consistent basis for that seed to grow and produce. And so that's what we want to do at Teen Action Support Center. That's what I want to do personally is really pour into teens. They all have that seed within them, but without the right conditions and the nurturing, they're not going to grow to their fullest potential and um, bring to fruition those things that are in their heart to do. And we all come here with a purpose. You know, we're not just here taking up space. And so in order for them to reach their purpose, they're going to need to be planted in the right environment and we believe task is that place for them and so um that that's why i love working with teens and um just mentoring and helping shape them and all the different ways they can go and grow you know i was i'm reading through a, a book 
by Oprah, actually, mm. uh, at, the, at the moment. <laughs> uh, re- I say reading. I'm, I'm listening. I'm doing the audiobook. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, interesting that you, you kind of use that seed metaphor. It made me think of another metaphor that they were talking about. And, and this book is talking about trauma and mental mm-hmm. health. And it sounds like things that, that uh, Teen Action Support, um, I was going to say committee, center, <laughs> Teen Action Support Center, uh, are, are focused on... Um, the metaphor they were using was, you know, building the foundation of a home. And, you know, you can you can have mm-hmm. a beautiful home, but if the foundation isn't done well or if the walls are done shoddily, yeah, it might look nice because you got some great furniture mm-hmm. in there, beautiful pieces of art. Um, but eventually those those cracks will show. Those mm-hmm. those foundational parts will begin to to make themselves seen and um and and when they do it can it can really be quite damaging. And so right. h- helping uh, people uh, at the earlier stages of life, the, the mm-hmm. better that we can in order mm-hmm. to uh, build strong foundations that they can really stand on throughout mm-hmm. the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah, prepare them for success in adulthood, because yeah. if it's not modeled before them, if they're not taught the life skills they need, if they're not taught how to speak for themselves, how to be a good leader, they're going to enter adulthood ill-prepared. And like you said, they'll be like that house and those cracks will start to show through and eventually it'll be very damaging. Yeah, big time. Hopefully in, in September we're going to be back in person uh, and offering some events. And if not, we will certainly be online. So be watching uh, all of our info on beerandhymns.com or on our Facebook page, Instagram, all those wonderful things uh, to find out how you can donate uh, to support the Teen Action Support Center uh, to come and hopefully meet Coletta at one of these events. Uh, and if not in, in person, we'll, we'll get together online and you'll be able to, uh, to see her there. Um, uh, we've got a lot of great music coming and all those other wonderful things. So uh, to watch this space and uh, be sure to share and like this podcast and, and send it out to all your friends and let people know this is here uh, for them to, to hear about this wonderful charity and the amazing work that they're doing to support teens in our community. But you, you've got own, your own events as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you've got one coming up in October, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, and hopefully another one in January, looking at how you'll be able to do those. Tell us a little bit about those things. Yeah, um, usually in October we host what we call In This Together, which is kind of a thank you celebration or appreciation gathering for our volunteers, our collaborators, the schools, people that we work closely with and doing our programming, and we invite them to come together and um, we just kind of fellowship, we highlight the teen of the year and adult of the year, and it's an That's opportunity, fun. yeah, it's an opportunity to just thank everyone and h- highlight and showcase what we've been able to do over the last year. So we're looking to do that again and maybe spinning it a little differently this year and having more of a casual informal networking type event where people can come in see our new space get a tour of it ask questions of our program directors and also invite some potential funders um, as well and we really want to target the business and um, vendor community so that we can get more individual and business um, donations. Um, yeah. We also have That's what a. We're all looking for, right? We need it. We need the resources. Um, but we also have another event. Our major fundraiser is a casino um, night fun event. Usually it's at the Embassy Suites and it's um, in January. And so we're looking, we've just put together our planning committee for that. And that's led by um, our development director, Kara. Um, but we're just now putting together, you know, thoughts on a silent auction and hoping we can do it in person and nailing right. down the food and nailing down the venue if we decide to um, do it somewhere else and just all those fun things that go into sponsorship packages and all of that. So we need lots of help to, <laughs> and insight and perspective on putting that together. Of course, day of, you know, with set up and tear down and um, all of that, we'll need 
need help. So those are kind of our two major events. We always need um, help with volunteers to make those happen. So outside of you know the the big events, the the fundraising type things, how else can can people be involved, uh, offer support? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've got a staff of seventeen, eighteen, full time mm-hmm. and part time. But what what does that look like though for for somebody who just says, man, you know, teens are on my heart too. I want to. Yeah. How, how can I get involved? Yeah, really, a lot of it depends on them, whatever they want to do, if they have a skill, if they're really good at, um, you know, teaching how to budget, you know, financial information. They can come Mm -hmm. in and do a workshop on that. They can um, come in, teach a life skill. They can teach how to sew, how to, you know, create music. Really, you know, whatever's in their heart to do, we can make space for that and see if there's a group of teens that are interested in participating in it. We also will have a college night one night where we'll have the area colleges come and, um, you know, just talk a little bit about the schools, what they have to offer, show them how to fill out a FAFSA, um, which is their financial aid package, and all of those kinds of things. So, um, you know, we also have a night that is not college-focused for those teens that don't want to go to college, and we'll have a night where they can come and work on their resumes and their interviewing school skills and do mock interviews and get prepared for a job or for um, whatever the next step is in their path. So and any ideas that volunteers have to hmm. come in and say, hey, I could see teens really benefiting from this, and then they can we can um, flesh it out and, and see how it works out. I love that. You have a very, you know, it's not just about empowering teens, but you know, it, it seems like you have a very empowering kind of mantra as an organization in mm-hmm. general, and, and you're willing to try and say, oh, you know, it's a, this yeah. didn't work. Well, it's okay I'll if it fails. It. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I wish uh, so so many more of us were, were uh, leading forward with that kind of bravery, I, I feel like. And on average, you know, and obviously you all have grown and grown and grown, uh, founded in 2005, and uh was reading several numbers on the website, but how many teens do you work with on average each year? Um, you know, how, how big of an impact are you having in our community? Right. I would say pre-COVID, we probably easily worked with about a thousand teens wow. um, a year. Yeah. Um, so pretty big impact. Um, and then we're hoping that that will continue to grow. I mean, there's several thousand teens in Northwest Arkansas. So we feel like we haven't even <laughs> yeah. reached, you know, the, the tip, um, it made a, you know, a dent in the bucket of, um, you know, the teens that are out there. And so that's why it goes back to the marketing, letting them know who we are, how they can reach us, um, and being accessible to them. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, if you're listening and you have a teen that could use some support services, here you go. This is a great way to find out about it right now. Yes. Uh, oh, and I do have to yeah. mention that um, our counseling is available on a sliding scale. So mm-hmm. any amount that teens are able to pay is is acceptable. So it can be as little as $5, and it's no more than $25. And if they can't even afford $5, then we will still see them regardless. So they're not paying private practice rates. Um, it's super affordable, and it can even be free. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was one of the bigger barriers for myself. Uh, and, you know, there's still so few insurance companies, mm-hmm. uh, health insurance companies that are even covering mental health services, but I think we're all learning the the incredible need that mm-hmm. we, I, I think everybody would, would really benefit from therapy. Mm-hmm. Every person alive, there's just not, uh, there's so many wonderful uh, things that I, I could even just personally say to that. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, so that that's wonderful that you're able to offer those uh, for so cheap or for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen um, the need for teens who need counseling increase by, um, 35% since COVID. So we mm-hmm. know that the need is there and we expect that to continue. 
Mm-hmm. Y'all get to zero in, and that's awesome. I'm, <laughs> zero I'm in on teens, yes. <laughs> Teen focus. Yeah. Tell us about the future of Task. Where where are things going? Where are things headed uh, for for y'all right now? That's a great question. I think um, the needs of teens are always changing and evolving, and so as a staff, we try to make sure that we're on the cutting edge of what teens need and, and even best practices from other organizations across the country that work with teens. So we're always trying to find models of what's working, what's not working, mm-hmm. um, try to do visits to see what they're doing to see if we can emulate it and bring it back to Northwest Arkansas. So I think um, there's just lots of learning. We're always trying to grow and and get the training that we need to make sure we're meeting the needs. But I can definitely see growth in our future. I believe Um, we'll quickly probably need another site and we'll definitely need more staff to um, meet the needs in some of the school districts and some of the rural um, areas that we're not able to get in right now. So there, you know, you've got Elkins and Prairie Grove and Pea Ridge and some of those smaller districts that, Um, need the services that the larger districts you know have but the smaller ones don't have and so some of them have even asked us to come in during an advisory period and talk to the teens about coping skills or life skills or um, leadership and those things bring it to them rather than having them come to our facility so we're looking at those and seeing how we can make those models work but I think we're open to whatever um, teens need any that's 13 to 19 we're concerned about and we want to fill whatever gaps we can one of the um, grants that we recently got through through AT&T was um, to help with the digital divide and the homework Mm, gap and especially with COVID-19 hitting kids as they were having to learn virtually and so we've got funding to kind of put some programs in place where they can come and and really get some additional skills and resources that they need um, in those areas of reading or math or um, that you know that they're missing that's really cool. And um, so we're always looking for those kind of opportunities where we can meet the need and find funding that matches that. I'm excited that, you know, especially about the stuff that's going into those communities uh, where, you know, often, yeah, the, the access is just not the same mm-hmm. as it is in, a, in Bentonville or Rogers or Fayetteville or Springdale or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we one of our favorite charities each year uh, has become Essentials Outreach, and, and that's what they exist to do. They're, they're not a, a big group, but... They go into some of our smaller communities. Uh, I believe they've got, uh, you know, thing in Farmington Monthly and mm-hmm. uh, Grab It and a couple other spots. I, I could be getting those cities wrong, but the point's the same. You know, I'm providing just those kind of essential needs for folks who, who can't access them because mm-hmm. they don't live in the right community or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, So that's that's exciting to hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all have got several locations around Northwest Arkansas now. You, you got started in 2005, um, uh, but even just as recently as 21, this spring, mm-hmm. uh, y'all built a new building. Tell, tell us about your locations and, and where people can find you. Yes, we have three locations across Northwest Arkansas. One is in downtown Springdale on Emma Street, which um, started in 2018. We have a state-of-the-art recording studio there. We also have a large space that we share with the um, Washington County Courts, Juvenile Courts, and then also with CSI Community Services Incorporated. And so we all have a shared mission to help and empower teens, you know, in different ways, but we have some crossover with our programming there. Um, Then we also have the site and... um, 
a New Hope Road, which is our counseling center. So mm-hmm. we do nothing but counseling there, and that's in Rogers. And then our second facility in Rogers is at the Center for Nonprofits in Lot 2. It's its own standalone building at 1194 West Walnut. Um, it used to be the old wound care building. And mm-hmm. so out of there, we do a lot more programming, similar to what we do in Springdale. We just don't have the recording studio, but we do arts and <laughs> art projects, and um, we do group um, sessions and um, it's kind of a hangout space for teens to come and have fun and pursue passion projects mm-hmm. and um, they can come after school if they're waiting on parents to get get off work to come pick them up and um, we always have mentors and people that are there who can provide some structured activity and in a safe place very cool very very cool uh, well thank you so so much Coletta for joining us uh, and and for all the work the Teen Action Support Center is doing in our community um, we, we hope that we can raise so, so much money for you guys. Uh, but if nothing else, we hope that this podcast can just get the word out a little bit further. Um, thank you again for being here with us today. And, uh, and thanks for all that you do. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, we appreciate all that you're doing in the community as well. Cheers. We are in this together. Yes. Laugh of the Darkness is produced by BeerandHymns.com. Special thanks to Gloria Echeverria and PJ Bradford for all their behind-the-scenes work, from editing together this podcast, managing our social media, and just keeping me in line. Our podcast theme music is composed by folk singer-songwriter and artist Kevin McCrell. You can check out more about his music and art at kevinmcrell.com. Other special thanks to Matt Nelson, our brilliant pianist and band leader, uh, for recording all the music on this podcast. Thanks to Coletta Jones-Patterson with the Teen Action Support Center. You can hear more from her by checking out the podcast Beyond Stuck. And to August Martin at the CFO Network for being our special guest this month. To all of our sponsors, Bike Rack Brewing Company, the CFO Network, Kind Creative Company, First National Bank of Northwest Arkansas, the Neighborhood Church, and First United Methodist downtown Bentonville, we give you so much thanks. To Dr. Donna Johnson and Neil Pumford and Jenna and Austin Evans for your endless support. We are so very, very grateful. But most importantly, thanks to you, our listeners, for checking out Laugh at the Darkness. Do us a favor, like, subscribe, and follow the podcast wherever you listen. Leave us a review and share it with your friends. My name is Ken Weatherford. We'll be back next month with more stories to Laugh at the Darkness.